Here comes the best, the most well-rounded, best-smelling, nothing-off-limits podcast in the world. Welcome to Quadcast with Courtney Olson. In the red corner, the woman with the world's deadliest thighs. In the blue corner, some loser about to lose. Let's get ready to mumble. So we're back with another episode of Quadcast. Today we have my friend Janae Croc and we have Davo. Mm-hmm. Is that your podcast name? I think so. Okay. Yeah. We'll I'm just... being fired yet. Yeah. Still temporary assistant, part-time deputy assistant. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, Dave still here. In case you need help with the buttons, isn't it? Uber, yeah. Uber Eats is, is ha- populated my last name, so it's like David Olson because our last names are different. So it's, they put Davo. So that's where the name Moving came on. from. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So I would love for you to brag about yourself. <laughs> Which will be hard for you because you're one of the most humble people that I've ever met. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, just to talk about some of the things I've been fortunate to experience in life. Um, I've just kind of led, you know, you know my story. I've just kind of led an atypical life, I guess you could say, and just kind of got into a lot of things, lucked out a little bit, right place, right time, and just tried to work hard. And, you know, fortunately things have turned out pretty well for the most part. But, uh, but I think the things that, um, that people know about me or would want to know is that, so first when I was in the, when I was in the Marines right after high school, I ended up in presidential security. I was luck- lucky enough to get selected for that, so I um, I was in Washington D.C. for a couple of years, and then up at the presidential retreat at Camp David um, under President Clinton. That's right. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So that was that was a that was a great experience, a lot of fun, and uh, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. just say what it is. I mean, it, come it, on. In reality, it's like any other job. You know, when you first start doing it, it seems really cool. You're like, wow. But then after, then it's like, oh man, this shift sucks. I can't. Wait to <laughs> And, off, uh, off camera, yeah. Janai could probably answer some of your questions about President Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know I'm a recovering conspiracy theorist. Not recovering. Uh, just, type, <laughs> just type recovering now. Okay, well. <laughs> Carry on. So, um, presidential. Yeah, so then after that, um, <laughs> went to college, um, started a family. I uh, graduated as a pharmacist. I uh, did that for 17 years. Um, I was always passionate about lifting from the time I was a little bitty kid. And I uh, started competing in high school. I started training when I was nine. Started got serious about competing um, right after I got out of the Marines. And eventually my big goal was to get the all-time world record in my weight class, which I did in 2009. And I squatted. Uh, my best squat was 1,014. My best bench Holy was 738. Shit. And my best deadlift was 810, and my best total at 2. Wait, 810? Yeah. Wow. Can you even imagine that? That's huge, isn't it? What is that in kilos? Uh, it's about 400, isn't it? Just under, yeah. 400 is 881, so it's like 380, 360. Actually, 810 would be 367.5. <laughs> uh, you just did that in your head. Yeah. Mathematics, right? yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. like, rain, rain uh, person. Yeah. Eh? Oh, you see what I did there? Not, not as dumb as I look, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to ask you, did anybody uh, heckle you saying you're going to start your growth at nine years old, starting oh, your yeah. training? My mom thought I was going to hurt myself. My grandma definitely didn't want me to do that. Uh, but yeah, then there was all the, oh, you're going to get muscle bound. You're going to, you know, all the old stereotypes and stunt your growth and all that kind of stuff. But it was just something I had a passion for from the time I was a very young kid. And I felt like I was born in the wrong body, that I was actually supposed to be female. And it was something... You know, I remember I grew up in the late 70s and throughout the 80s, and uh, this was a time when, like, not only was it not acceptable, but it wasn't even talked about. Oh, like, yeah. I had never even heard of a trans person until I was, oh gosh, was I about 10, 11 years old? That's so interesting. Yeah. I was in 1999 at Sonoma <laughs> State University. I took a men's health class. It's literally the only class I remember because I was blacked out, drunk the whole time. But the doc or the um, professor brought in a trans woman that was former military, and I was just like, "What?" And that was 1999. Because we're close in age, so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it just wasn't like I grew up in a small town in northern Michigan, and uh, you know, very, very red <laughs> very poor you know. too. You said right. Yeah, we were laughing yeah. earlier at jujitsu, talking about oh, yeah. gourmet yeah. meal was what was the chain? Uh, Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Yeah. Uh, you know, to Ponderosa, I thought that was like a like a fine restaurant, you know, fine dining. And uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, the stereotype. We grew up in a dumpy trailer, and uh, you know, we're on and off welfare growing up. And um, my dad was the local pot dealer, and uh, and uh, yeah, we had a secret basement that was dug behind the trailer with a shed over top of it. And Stop. it just had a trap. Yeah, I swear to God. Did this make trigger. it into the documentary? Uh, I mean, my dad was in there. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I did think I did mention in the documentary at some point about how we weren't allowed in the basement. Yeah, because we went back to my, well, the trailer I grew up in was hauled out and has gone a long time ago, but the one that replaced it is still there. And we were walking around, and I think I mentioned that uh, we weren't allowed in the secret basement <laughs> because my dad told us there were dangerous chemicals. Well, we didn't know that was THC, but... Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, uh, today it would fly just fine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe today might have been doing big business. Yeah, but, <laughs> exactly. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, he was unfortunately he struggled with alcohol too. So it's just a lot of you know a lot of people have been through similar experiences growing right. up with a you know a lot of being woken up at two three in the morning when dad comes home from the bar drunk. You know, mom fighting with him and those kind of things. And right. being the oldest of three kids, I played a lot of referee. Right. And, right. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, honestly, I'm thankful for how I grew up and all the things I've been through. I think it's just, it's made me a lot more well-equipped to handle adversity and it's made other challenges in my life um, a lot easier. And, uh, and I've had a few of those too. Like I, one thing I was known for in powerlifting is I had a lot of injuries that I overcame. I've had three surgeries related to powerlifting. I've torn off both my biceps, had those reattached, had my tricep, tore that, tore both my triceps, had one of them reattached. <laughs> Um, I tore my right quad, left calf, left lat, left pec. Um, yeah, I had a lot of, <laughs> lot of injuries, and, uh, and and really, I'm I'm pretty much you know, I'm all in one piece. And so <laughs> still able to do jujitsu at this point, so I'm pretty happy. But, Except uh, for pass my guard or let me yeah, 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 <laughs> just yeah. play it, just play it, keep yeah. going. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get life, to that later. Yeah, that's and, a lifetime uh, <laughs> achievement award right there for me. And uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so like I was known for overcoming a lot of injuries, and then I've, I had cancer when I was younger as well. Uh, went through that. That was back in two thousand four, and then um, let's see what am I skipping over here? Oh, there was well, so I was I was out to my family and friends already as being trans, and um, 
And then, uh, but I got outed publicly in 2015, and this is when I was still right. really popular in the powerlifting world, so it was kind of a big deal. And um, just I was just the last person anyone expected. I was known at that time as this super crazy, super intense, very alpha type, you know, and and um, and and all those things were true about me as far as like if you saw me on the competitive stage, that's how I was, you know, that's right. how I competed and how I thrived and. But there was a whole lot more that people didn't know. And it wasn't like that, that any of that was fake. It was just, that was just the tip of the iceberg. And there was a lot more to me. And like, but my friends and, and even some of my sponsors and stuff knew, like Dave at Elite Fitness, Elite FTS, um, I had, you know, told him and Jim Wendler and stuff early on, I had come out to those guys and they were very supportive and always had my back. And, and so like at the elite levels of powerlifting, a lot of people knew because I was pretty open about it. But I obviously, I didn't show up to events all dialed up and stuff like right. that. And then... Got outed by a YouTuber in 2015, and then that went viral. And like, and we, and my sons had known their entire lives. Like, I was very honest with them from the time they were very little. And um, so, but we had talked about the you know chances of me being outed. And to be honest, the only reason I wasn't 100% out was because I was worried about how it might impact my boys. Even though you know we're talking like 10 years ago, um, but the world's changed a lot. And I was so much. Yeah, and I was I was worried that like they might get you know harassed by their peers, maybe their teachers, their coaches. So I had talked to a few of my close friends about it, and as a group, we had kind of made a joint decision. It's best in, to wait until my boys get out of high school, and then I was planning to come out about everything. But then that came out. Yeah, what's the motivation to? for the person? Um, like it breaks my heart for humanity that people can same with journalists and us right yeah we had a similar experience when this whole porn scandal broke and dave's biggest concern was his kids getting bullied at school yeah and it's just people just don't people want their two seconds of fame Mm -hmm. and and some views and some likes and some reach at any cost right and they don't get a fuck about no, and, that, and that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head, that's exactly what it was. It was just he wanted a, you know, and I'm sure it was probably, probably still is the most popular video he ever posted. Right. And, um, but, but I don't think people realize the damage, you know, outing yeah. someone can cause. And not only, you know, can it be, you know, turn their life upside down, but you can put them in danger. And especially with trans women. Um, I mean, I've had, um, unfortunately, me being me, I'm a little more well-equipped to defend myself than a lot of people, but still, you never know. I mean, you were... Sp- yeah. Protecting Bill Clinton. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, um, but, but I had, I had one person in particular who harassed me daily for over nine months and threatened to kill me by the end of it and did all kinds of crazy things. Like kept creating uh, fake profiles all over like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And I would, you know, have to try to get them taken down and, and, uh, it was just a huge headache, but just harassed me. And their whole thing was they wanted me to webcam with them. And I'm just like, listen, dude, I'm not, I, I, the funny thing was I only interacted with this person once for about 30 minutes, like the, one of the early times they had contacted me and just said, hey, I'm not, you know, no matter what you do, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, like, that's you're not nev- going to blackmail me into it. Yeah. And, um, but didn't stop them from trying for nine months straight. I, I was actually impressed with the person's resolve. <laughs> See, and this like, is your yeah. personality. You look to, yeah. you look to the, like the positive of everything. It blows my mind. But, but I was yeah. just like, dude, you haven't gotten a peep from me in nine months, but you're still at it every right. day. But it, it just got worse and worse. And to the point where, like I said, towards the end, he was threatening to kill me and stuff. Right. And then it was, you know, I'm doing public speaking events and stuff. Yeah. And I was getting concerned, like, is this guy going to show up in the crowd and try to actually kill me? And, like, I have no idea who this person actually is, where they live, if, you know, what they look like. So there's no way for me to know. 
you know, he could have easily shown up somewhere. That's and, uh, so mind-blowing. I, hearing you say that, right, so I know I didn't start the conversation off by, like, mm-hmm. prefacing our listeners and saying, mm-hmm. hey, this is why, or here's the motivation behind this. Because since mm-hmm. you and I connected in 2017, I was we were living mm-hmm. in Singapore, and I remember I came across you, I believe it was on, it was somewhere on social media, obviously, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, this is, this is wild, like, this is brave like how you know the the judgment and you know was was very keen to connect with you and we had great conversations and you were so chill and then from there why are you laughing? Netflix and chill. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have this running joke, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Tell, do, tell do that you, story. Do you want to yeah. tell it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, like, I think I had found out from my sons what Netflix, Netflix and chill usually means, and it's not watching Netflix and chilling, as many of you know. There's a lot more stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, because my boys, because I think one time I had texted them back, they're like, oh, what are you up tonight? And I'm like, oh, just Netflix and chill, because I heard them You're right. and thought the same thing. <laughs> And they're like, what? Like, really? like, yeah, they're like, you know what that means? And I'm like, well, yeah, just relax. And like, no. no. No, that's not at all. So then so one time, yeah, so Courtney before, we were talking about hanging out at one of the events. And she's like, yeah, we can get together and Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Uh. Right, we're like, we're closing <laughs> Again, uh, being close in age, you know, yeah, like uh, I'm like dog and yeah. whatever. I had to, I literally had to Google what does goat mean. Yeah. And this was only like I don't know two years ago. It might have been more, but t- I what did you know what goat meant? <laughs> okay, well there point in case. So yeah, I had to Google what goat meant. And yeah, Netflix and chill. I meant like let's watch let's watch some shit and chill. Like and yeah, yeah. and of course yeah, that so, that's so, hysterical. Yeah, that's been our inside joke ever since. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I, I know Cole wants to talk about sport as your main kind of thing, isn't it? I For, do. And but I, I was kind of going to just ask, like, you know, I think having, we see a lot of stuff on Twitter and which is. The, well, can I interrupt? It's not we, it's me. And then I send it to him. I've been bombarding Dave for like six months. So I got trapped in this. All you see on there is what the algorithm shows you. Yeah, I must have engaged in one piece of content, and then all of a sudden, it's like all that I saw. And so I started to, you know, follow certain people, and um, just and you're literally my only trans friend, and I don't know of anybody. And I'm we're in Las Vegas, like you'd think, you know what I mean? And so when you're stuck in this like echo chamber, it seems like every other person or every other trans woman is trying to you know cause problem in the women's bathroom and i'm like sitting here yeah. over yeah, i've been saying i've been saying you know it's i'm gonna of, divorce you if you don't shut the well, fuck up yeah, that. But, <laughs> but it's so clearly an agenda the whole noise around yeah. yeah yeah so this i'm glad you guys brought this up um so it's yeah so what unfortunately what what's happened is that trans people have become politicized and we've been drug, drug into the political arena and the people that started all this stuff and have stirred everything up and continue to promote these myths and, and mistruths. And um, it, it's, it's all for a political agenda. And unfortunately, a lot of the people have taken the bait. It's worked. Um, so I, I did some research and found out that actually some of the 
there's some um, religious groups that basically hired some polling companies um, and they, when they realized that, so for a while, gay marriage was a rallying thing, right? That's how they got their voter base worked up. That's how they got people mm-hmm. excited and get, get made sure they were involved. And, but now it's gotten to a point where most of society is totally fine with gay marriage. So they're like, well, this doesn't work anymore. Now we need something else. What will rile people up? What can we get them worked up about to make sure they're involved, they're active? And, and so they hired these polling companies and they found out that the things that really got people going was transgender women competing in sport and transgender kids receiving hormone therapy. And so they're transitioning in any way. And um, so they're like, okay, here we go. Here's our new thing. And they've done a really effective job of promoting this and, and just... And with like most things political, it's all either, you know, there's a lot of lies, but there's also a lot of like things are just exaggerated or twisted or, you know, they've got a bias, they've got an agenda. And it's, and unfortunately it's worked really well to the point where everything is just, you know, with social media, like you said, with the algorithms and everything, it just gets regurgitated over and over again. One person says something that's not true or greatly exaggerated. Somebody else quotes them and on and on, and it just blows up. And unfortunately, us is trans people are just people. We're like everybody else. I mean, there's you know there's some of us that are great, loving people and are super accomplished, and there's some of us that are complete jerks and are terrible <laughs> right. people. You know, we're like everyone else. Like and, humanity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we've been drugged into this arena, so everything's been twisted. Everything's been, and like you know, we can talk about specific examples. I mean, I'll give you a quick one off the top of my head. Is you know Fallon Fox. And a lot of people probably heard of, you know, that trans MMA fighter. I was just watching a clip this morning when I got out of the shower and somebody reposted. I'm like, wasn't this like old? Yeah, a long time ago. She hasn't fought in like, gosh, it's got to be getting close to 10 years. I mean, at least eight years. It's been a long time. So she's but they still bring her up. And, but just to show you how things are twisted and exaggerated, so everybody will talk about Fallon Fox and how she was, you know, quote-unquote, smashing real women and all this, and then they always mention how she fractured a woman's skull. She broke a woman's skull. And that's how the phrasing's always used, and it makes you, it gives you this image of she's pounding some poor girl's head in and her split her head wide open. <laughs> that is not at all what happened. The injury was actually an orbital fracture, which is one of the most common injuries in MMA. In MMA correct. Other women have suffered the same thing from different girls. It's just, it's, it's where you take a little, a small fact and make it sound like something way worse than what it actually is. It was... Basically, the girl she was fighting suffered a common injury that a lot of girls suffer, and a lot of male athletes suffer as well. It's just a common injury in MMA. It's the breaking of the or fracturing of the bone around the eye socket. And so, yeah, this idea that she, like, cracked someone's skull open is, is ridiculous. It's not right. what happened. And then they, you know, and they talk about how dominant she was and how she was smashing everybody. She was 5-1 and one as a pro fighter. Of the five people that she beat... Their combined record, and it's been a long time since I quote these statistics, so I could be off a little bit here, but it's pretty close, it was like 8 and 20-something. And two of the girls she beat had never won a single pro fight. <laughs> the one girl that she fought, none of them had winning records. The one girl she fought that had a winning record is the one she lost to, which she got TKO'd by. And this girl had a losing record inside the UFC. So she was like a higher-level pro, but by no means dominant in the sport. So the idea that Fallon's in there just destroying everybody is completely not true. That's funny, because that was what the video was. Is This this woman, and I forget her name, um, she didn't have a Twitter account because I went to go look for it, of course, but is you know beating this trans woman in the name of of women basically yes, and yeah. es- essentially 
you know, had her like as this hero, and and it even kind of got me like a little fired up. I was like, yeah, wow, and then I'm like, whoa, what are you, what are you yeah. doing? And I, it was interesting. I, I told Dave this morning because he's watched me over the last six months, you know, kind of fall down this hole, and I said, just from hanging out with Janae for the last few hours, I'm immediately reminded that like it's just completely changed my perspective <laughs> and that you know I, I was on Twitter again this morning well, it sounds like I'm on there all the time it's like <laughs> you might have an addiction uh, and there's this person named Ollie this is what I mentioned before we went into jiu-jitsu this morning Ollie London and it's this person in London I'm not sure their pronouns they identified as being Asian and like had all these surgeries done and then decided you know, not, and is detransitioning, but at the end of the day, they have a book. So they've written a memoir, it's pinned to the top of their page. But the, the, the post I saw today was somebody that goes by they, them, and they're discussing having menstrual cramps and they have a period. And so Oli says, biological male claims, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, this is the same person that you've reposted I don't know, that I've seen eight times, right? Yeah. So it's this... <laughs> Recycling the same news, putting a different yeah, spin on it. Yeah, and making it sound a... like like it's every other yeah. That's, trans going, woman. Yeah, and it's going on um, so much right now with uh, just greatly exaggerating things. And, you know, and, and we'll get into this, but if we want to have a discussion about trans women competing in women's sports, let's look at the facts. Let's look at yeah. the actual success they've had. Let's look at the number of it. Let's look at how their performance changed from the time... They started suppressing their testosterone and supplementing with estrogen. Let's have a real conversation. What are the real results? How are these women actually doing? Are they dominating the way that the media would have you believe? And, and we can talk about it. And there, and there are legitimate points to discuss. And I don't think it isn't a black and white issue. It isn't an easy yes right, or no. Right, like you compete with yeah. men when you compete in jiu-jitsu, Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. I've always, and anybody who's watching the... Um, the video right now and is not familiar with me is probably like, what in the heck is going on? This, this person's trans? Like, I don't get it. Like, so yeah, so typically, so um, I present all different ways and it's just, you know, um, yeah, without getting in, getting off track and getting too many other things, but, but um, do I do come I, back to it though. Cause yeah, it's yeah. all so yeah. fascinating. But, uh, I but yeah, know. so I identify as trans and um, also as gender fluid and non-binary and that, and like, and even people in my own community get all up in arms, like, what, you can't be all three, you're one or the other? And I'll explain later why, um, I, I, why I identify the way as I do and why that um, works for me. And the reason why I don't look more stereotypically feminine right now is because it's we're in Vegas, it's hot out, we just went to jiu-jitsu. So unfortunately, I'm not able to grow my hair out anymore, so the only way I can have a hairstyle that, that would be what something that I would feel more comfortable in and, and most people would recognize as... Um, you know, traditionally more feminine is by wearing wigs, which, you know, obviously don't work in jujitsu class and, yeah. or in the heat. And, um, and then, yeah, but I mean, on any given day, I might have long blonde hair, full makeup, and then I might walk in here wearing a maxi dress, like in that I feel very comfortable that way, but take off the hair and makeup. And I look very stereotypically masculine to most people. And it's not something I get incredibly hung up on. Um, you know, I, I know who I am, I know how I feel, and I know some people are like, oh, it's all nonsense, all crazy, but I can explain more. I mean, this is something like, this isn't something 
that I decided a couple of years ago, hey, this would be fun, or I'm doing this for attention. Right. You this said is something. from you were a child, you were a child, four or five years old, and this is something I've struggled with. Like, the, I mean, it, it drove me to, to you know seriously contemplate suicide when I was in my early 30s, and I mean, this was a, this was a huge thing for me that I have battled all my life, and this wasn't something that. You know, like I fully embraced when I, you know, realized I felt this way. This was something I was struggling with as a five, you know, five, six-year-old, all through elementary school, all through high school, and it just it it became harder and harder to suppress, and basically got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And like I said, I was ready to end my life over it. Right. Um, so this is something that was is very, you know, very deeply rooted in me, and and. Uh, it's just always been a part of who I am. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it, and it, it's, and also, like, the people are like, you know, a lot of people, like, you went in the Marines, and you're a powerlifting champion, and you do all these quote-unquote manly things. Right. Well, the first thing I would argue is, number one, what's manly, what's feminine? No matter what we're talking about, I know lots of girls that went in the Marines. I know a lot of female powerlifters that are very passionate about it. Like, I don't really think, like, there's a lot of, like, society conditions us to believe is masculine or feminine, and that, that narrative is always being reinforced and that's another thing we can talk about that I do want to talk about later is about like this whole idea that people are being groomed to be trans now or non-binary. I was gonna ask yeah. you that like I yeah. it's another huge concern of mine because like remember the, yeah. the Netflix um, show what was it 13 reasons why oh and, yeah. yeah yeah and I pulled up a doc an article on um, that was I think it something from your country your neck of the woods yeah, it must be true. How the yeah. rates of attempted suicide and completed suicide had skyrocketed post that series because mm. they were glorifying it. And mm. so, you know, I think of we don't have any, uh, or I should say a lot of historical data around the impacts of social mm. media in young people's lives. And they're on there. And, yeah. like, my concerns with Dylan Mulvaney and, yeah. you know, and you, you mentioned the the thing, and I don't want to keep blabbing on because mm -hmm. this is about you, not me. The uh, um, concepts of masculinity and femininity, right? Because I see her, and I'm, mm -hmm. I was starting to get incredibly irritated because it almost feels like mocking, you know, like, like a oh, a bug, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, that's exactly what we're not fighting for. But then also, when I break but down you these... All, you are also a massive fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is... Right, and I, you know, I, I thought you were going to say I'm a massive woman, is what I thought you were going <laughs> to say. You're a massive woman. I was no, like, but, yeah, that's but right. But, but, you know, it's... <laughs> I, Dylan's persona, I think, is entertainment. Entertainment, it's right? And that's part of the conversation was that this person, Dylan, was attempting to, you know, go on Ellen DeGeneres and The Price Is Right and chasing fame, and then now people see, you know, this as like, okay, because you ask kids nowadays, except yeah. for your kids, right? Like you've raised remarkable boys, and again, something else we can, you know, touch on, but. Um, you know, you ask them what they want to do. No one wants to be a pharmacist or, you know, be an astronaut or a doctor or, you know, you want to yeah. be an actor. Yeah. They want to be content creators and Influences, celebrities. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that was sparking something in me as well. So I'd love to yeah. hear you. So here's a, yeah. So here here's my perspective on it, and I think this is something that it's, it's when we talk about it, it's quite obvious, but that but it, no one addresses it, and we don't see it because it's so pervasive in our society that it, it seems so normal that we it doesn't even register. But if we think about it, you know, we're now we're talking about well, oh yeah, they see all this stuff on social media and. And like, there's people pushing this, and why are we seeing so many people come out as non-binary and trans now? 
and here's here's what here's here's my whole perspective on the thing. So the thing is, the reality is, we are groomed from day one into masculine and feminine roles. And when when children are born, think about it. You're immediately there are different names for girls, there are different names for boys. Pink is for girls, blue is for boys. We're given different haircuts, we're dressed in different clothes. We are treated remarkably different. In most cases, you know, you got two three-year-olds out playing, the little girl falls down and starts crying, and, oh, c come here, princess, are you okay? You know, it's this whole of, oh, my God, you're so fragile. Right. And then and, and a big deal is made all about their appearance. You're so pretty. You're so beautiful. Oh, my gosh, look at your hair. All the and shit then, I tell people, like, yeah. hey, as a parent, tell your young daughter she's strong, not pretty. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then, but what do we tell boys? You know, he falls down and cries, don't cry, be a man. You know, you need to be tough. And, you know, the, we cut their hair short and all these things are reinforced about, you know, being this tough guy. And, and But the reality is, so by the time you're, like, like I said, even when I was four or five years old, when I first started realizing I was having these feelings, like I just found myself daydreaming about being a girl all the time. And I was like, you know, even then I recognized like, ooh, this is bad. I cannot tell people, I cannot tell my parents, little boys aren't supposed to want to be little girls. So like already, even at that young age, I very much understood gender roles. I understood what was expected of me and what was not going to be received well. And so how can we even talk about a teenager being, quote unquote, gosh, I keep slapping. I know, so do I, don't worry. I'm and, surprised uh, Dave yeah, hasn't knocked it off the I, table. I, I, I always got my hands going. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, but uh, you know, how can we even talk about people being groomed in their teens or pushed in a certain direction when they've been, that's been done their entire right, lives? Right, You know, yeah, like any, yeah. I, I, I going back to your point about I, I see this a lot, the, 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 the idea that the growth in, let's take non-binary for a second, mm -hmm. the, you see the charts, like the growth of the number of people that are now identifying yeah. as non-binary. And it's to do with acceptability, isn't it? Social acceptability, is it's, mm -hmm. it's less of an issue now to declare yeah. yourself non-binary than it would have been 10 years ago. I will and say. The, stat, the yeah. stat I'll give you for that is there are zero gay people in Russia Right. Yes. Uh, that, I've, yeah. I read except that all too. the ones that I talk to. But. Yeah. <laughs> except, except all the gay people. But if you look statistically, the zero. Yeah. So over time, you'll see when the next Russian president goes in, you'll see a massive growth in people being gay. And it's yeah. not, right. Not it's, that they yeah, were If you're going to get killed for it, you're yeah. sure not going to say it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like China as well. Yeah. That's something else I read too. Uh, somebody had, was on a YouTube debate, and of course, this other person was like didn't have a reply for it because it was simply the guy's argument was like well it's never been more of a safe time for a trans person to come out yeah and so but yeah so that's that's fascinating and when and when you yeah. mentioned non-binary we have a, a former athlete that um has transitioned to being non-binary and i came across a post so they've had their breasts removed mm -hmm. and i was like so now it's wild to me that it's okay for you to have to be this. He showed a picture of I got. So are they them as now he him? I think it's he they. He they and yeah, maybe we can either or yeah. okay yeah because that that we got yeah. I should be writing shit down yeah. like <laughs> there's so much. But he oh, yeah. he showed a picture of himself after the surgery so topless on Facebook which mm -hmm. is you can't do as a woman right yet non-binary and that was kind of a question yeah so of yeah. course that was my initial response as a woman because i see things mm -hmm. right like uh you know the term mother and birthing person mm -hmm. and chest feeding and i'm like mm -hmm. okay if this is one percent of the population where are you erasing women right so the chatter mm -hmm. is there yeah and it's like 
this is why I'm so grateful because it's been bothering me so much because at my core, I want to unite us. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? <laughs> Kaluminati, what up, Tupac? I, <laughs> Prince, anyway. <laughs> Simpsons done predicted too much shit. I'll leave it at that. But uh, I, you know, have that that conspiracy brain and there's this person named David Icke and I'm just going to mention this Dave's like shaking his head because he's his countryman have you ever uh, heard of him no I'm not familiar with him okay you know Alex Jones Stein. right yes 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 yeah. Stay unfamiliar with that yeah, yeah. no listen he's Alex Jones type but yeah. he's very calm okay. and researched without, and, without freaking out yes yeah, yeah. yes and, <laughs> and seems like a kind person he's very anti-establishment and mm-hmm. but yeah, his he's not that much like Alex Oh, okay. No, he he believes that the royal family are reptilians and the moon okay. is inhabited. The moon is a hollow something or other. Isn't yeah, it? I mean a lot of the same stuff, but he's not like you know screaming and shouting in your face. So he's less emotional, Alex. Yes, yes, yes precisely, yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got him. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole 2008 when I needed something to distract me when I first got clean yeah. off meth. Right. So what do we do? Something else to control. And from there, I mean, I still didn't get clean for two years until after that, but I, you know, started watching all this stuff on YouTube. And this was back when, like, you could go to one, two, video, to a video, and they'd keep suggesting stuff, right? And a lot of this stuff has been taken offline now anyway. But I, (laughs) by the time I made it out to Australia, and I was stuck at the house all day because I didn't want to drive. And even though Australians speak English, it's not fucking English, okay? (laughs) It's not. It's not English. Arguable. Arguable, yeah. <laughs> I he, love Australian accents. So I think they're uh, the coolest. Yeah. Well, when, no. then you get into a relationship, you're like, what? Hey, huh? What? <laughs> Fuck it. But he'd go to work, and I would be sitting on the computer all day long, and I came across David Icke's videos on this, you know, shape shifting, and went to the oldest African tribes. Sign, sign me up. I want to know. You right? <laughs> Fucking seriously. Like I'm, I'm open minded to shit, except for the whole Earth being flat. That one I have a hard time wrapping my head around. Shout out Eddie Bravo. I mean, yeah. maybe you could give us some insider on that at some future date. But anyway, so uh, I came across it. He came home, and I'm all, have you ever heard of David Icky? Because his name is I-C-K-E. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no. And then after a while, he's like, oh, you mean David Ike? And I was like, yeah, that must be it. And he's like, oh, yeah. So he, he explained he was a professional. He was a pro soccer player, uh, and he hosted, like, the number one sports show uh, on on the, on the BBC, it was, it was a huge personality at the time, and then he came out and said he was the son of God and started dressing only in purple. Oh, and wow. he, he went on the leading talk show at the time to explain that. And it was back in the days where TV was like a thing, and I think it was like 30 million people watched this interview, and everybody just laughed at him. Yeah, yeah they, they just crucified him, him and uh, yeah. it, was, it was quite interesting how he handled himself, and like that point moving forward, you know, he's gone down this path so anyway i came across that shit and i was like whoa that's even too far out there for me because at this point i was such a conspiracy theorist i was almost becoming an agoraphobe like i was giving myself cold sores i was so stressed out and i thought the world was going to end because the mayan calendar right that was me like so to see (laughs) there's more to that story that's why dave's laughing but i um fast forward a couple years and you know all the stuff had happened with camp confidence and we had just launched girl we moved to thailand and i had put down the conspiracy stuff basically when i picked up girl or um, camp confidence and uh from there 
David Icke was coming out to Australia to speak, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go listen. So I sat and uh, flew out to Melbourne, and from 9 in the morning till 6 o'clock at night, this motherfucker walked through everything and made it, like, it, it connected all the dots, and it planted the seed, and this was around the time when Caitlyn Jenner was coming out, and, it, right, it was a whole thing, and the bathroom, and sports, and all the rest of it, and the part of the, the, so he gets to the end, right? So essentially we're being controlled, you know, by this race of aliens. I, I'm, I can't remember what I was doing five minutes ago. And if it's like, if it that had that big of an impact on you, I should be able to recall it like to the T. But essentially it's some jinn, you know, is what's referred to in other cultures as this negative entity, whether you want to call it race of aliens or whatever. And it's them controlling the Illuminati, yeah? And then from there, we're all puppets, whatever, whatever. And you look at, you know, our food is poison, fluoride in your toothpaste, and literally on and on and on. The moon fucking landing was fake. There's no wind blowing on the goddamn fucking moon. Why is the flag waving and Hollywood and on and on and on? But he said, towards the end, he said, if you think that this is an issue now, mark my words, in the near future, you're not going to be able to talk about it or you'll be ostracized from society and you'll be shunned. And... This is the transgender issue. Yes. Yeah. Did I not point that out? No. Oh, because I was yeah. mentioning Caitlyn Jenner because yeah. in my head, of course, it makes sense to everybody. Yeah. But yeah, he was circling back to Caitlyn Jenner and basically was saying their ultimate goal is to create a genderless society and turn us into droids, right? So you look at like... Elon Musk and Neuralink, Neuralink and, and you yeah. see all the, Nutrient you know, stuff, like, oh, right? racing you, all of us. You yeah. read shit, but you know in the military, yeah. like unclassified stuff from the CIA in terms of, was it Project Mockingbird? Is that um, the... I'm familiar with some of those projects. Yeah. Um, not so much with that one yeah. in particular. But the thing is, is I think <laughs> the problem is, is that what sucks a lot of people in, first of all, it's fun, right? Like, it's like, oh, and then you, and you get this idea, like, I know stuff that other people don't know. And it becomes really attractive. And the problem is there's enough truth in there or enough solid arguments to really suck you in. And then it's, then, but then you're getting sucked into all kinds of stuff that's complete nonsense. And yeah. then it's like, you know, and even with Alex Jones, Alex Jones has been right about a number of things, yeah. Yeah. but then there's, you know, a lot of crap. He's just way, way out there on. And um, so it, it's scary at times. Cause it's like, gosh, so many people could be convinced about so much stuff. And it's right. just like with the news and the media. And now like everybody has lied so much. And there's been so many, you know, t tall tales told that either everybody's a skeptic or you just believe the people you want to believe, no matter right. what they say, right. and they can like lead you in any direction. And um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Um, <laughs> I find it interesting, but I'm pretty much the type of person who, okay, show me some evidence. Yeah. Show me where, okay, where does the science lead? And where does, and, and again, like, and science has become such a nebulous thing too, because so many people have used it to twist things around. And, you know, the, with the scientific method, studies have to be performed properly. And you get companies funding their own studies and fudging things and coming up with results that aren't actually accurate. So then it's like, well, what, what about science is even true anymore? Right. You know? and, and now we got fucking AI. And yeah. it's like, you can clone my voice and call and say, I have your friend Janae, yeah. give me $15,000 or I'm going to cut her throat. And yeah. it's your voice. I'm like, what? Yeah. The Gosh, I hope I'm worth more than fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an it's just an aspirational amount of money Damn. for us. And that, that's as much as we could imagine. Yeah. That's so, actually what I need today to keep the business yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, it's actually a compliment because that's more money than we could ever think of. Isn't it? 
I, I think one of the, the those two challenges, one of, one of my favourite things, and I watched all the videos because I fucking had to. <laughs> but there's a thing called syllogism in the English language, and that's what most of these conspira conspiracy videos are. It's like the cat is a mat. Sorry, start again. The cat is brown. The mat is brown. Two facts. The cat is a mat. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. But people, you, they, yeah. they lead you down this path, which is, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that must be right too. Yeah, and exactly. that's, that's, it's the piecing together stuff. But going, yeah. going back to the, the, what you were saying, I, th I think the biggest challenge, and you pointed this out mm -hmm. before, Janae, is there's no question that, that gender identity is fluid. Yeah. But the debate is completely binary. It's yes. like you're either on one side or the other, and if you're not on our side, you're going to get cancelled, yeah. whether that's the right or the yeah. left. Yeah, and that, and that was actually, I'm glad you brought that up, and to make that very clear, because, and that's like, now this is something, obviously, I've dealt with my whole entire life, and I'm the type of person, when there's something I want to know or something I'm interested in, I research everything. I do as much as I can. I learn as much as I can. You two have a lot and, in uh, common. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. like, don't even read the side effects of taking an antidepressant. Yeah. I'm like, no wonder I got the yeah. shit burned out of me. You two are like down uh, in the fucking, you know, yeah. well, <laughs> to be fair, it's first, the first surgeries all on Google. If you, had, if you had half a second. Uh, I'm uh, too busy. Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, so our, our society is built around, you know, a culture where gender is considered binary. And I, and I think, you know, the reality is it's not that simple. It, um, right. Not only like in a, um, you know, sense of how people perceive themselves, but also in a physical sense. There are millions upon millions of people in the world that have intersex conditions. A lot of these people aren't even aware that they have these conditions. And because usually what happens, and this is really a shame, but because our society is so obsessed with the male-female binary, is that when a baby's born that's intersex, and especially usually the only way they recognize it initially is if the child has ambiguous genitalia, right. and it's a lot more common than people think, it's the first thing that doctors do is they run a bunch of tests on the baby, try to see, are they closer to male, are they closer to female? They meet with the parents and they're like, hey, this is what we recommend. Your child's life's gonna be super hard if you don't do something about this, and this is what we need to do. And then they immediately start performing procedures to change the child's gender to whichever they're closer to. If right, they're, didn't they used to measure it back in the day? Uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, like the, the, long ago, yeah the, the penis is one of the things they take into account. There's a number of things. They do DNA testing to see if they have you know Y chromosomes or not. And, and this is, you know, it's kind of interesting, too, because so anyone, so there's all kinds of conditions that um, where a person has, um, so are you familiar with genotypes and phenotypes? So genotype is what your genes say, and phenotypes are how you physically present. That's the easiest way to explain it. Um, so you have a genotype which of XY, which is considered male. And but they phenotypically present as female. They're born, they're you know they're born looking like a little girl. They have a vagina. When they grow up, they start to develop breasts. And but they have XY chromosomes. And there's a number of different conditions. There's five alpha reductase deficiency. Um, there's something called Klinefelter syndrome, where people actually have multiple X chromosomes. So they have not they have a Y chromosome, but then they have two, three, four, sometimes more X chromosomes. Um, there's, uh, oh gosh, there's a whole slew of them. Turner syndrome. Turner syndrome. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I'm so glad you said yeah. that because. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. One, we saw a, we saw a, uh, woman. Po it was a post and it was basically saying that I'm a liberal that they, they, they were all genders. They were all different genders. Yeah. And, and there are yeah. some of them, I, I totally get what you're saying, but there yeah. are some that only affect males and there are only some that affect females. Like. Turners, for example, can only affect an, an XX. Yeah. There's, um, 
there's yeah, I had done a bunch of research on intersex conditions a while back, and I'm to be honest, I'm a little rusty on all of them. It's been kind of years since I've gone over it in detail. We've but got um, fucking tired of it too. Yeah. Like you just yeah, you're, just, life. Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of people that say it's it's, yeah. it's X Y and X X, right? And that's it. And, and that's, that's and it. it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. If you talk to any advanced biologist, like somebody who you know PhD in some form of biology, they'll tell you no. Humans aren't that simple. We're not just XXXY. It doesn't break down that simple. And there's different things like on, on the Y chromosome that cause certain traits to be expressed. And it, it, human biology, humans are extremely complex, and so is human biology. And the idea that just because one person has two X chromosomes and, or has an XY, that they're like every other person that has XX or XY, that, that's not... I mean, just I mean, just even think about it. When you walk out in the world, there are women that are extremely feminine, like what we characterize as, as feminine. And then there's Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, you can't come here. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, but like, and when you get into behavior and 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 uh, like the way people dress and everything, it just it, it kills me today to, you know, I stumbled across the post the other day. This woman was freaking out because. She went to Starbucks and, and, a, and a person who she perceived to be male um, waited on her, had pink fingernails and longer dyed hair or something like that. And it's just like, do you not remember? It wasn't all that long ago. Women weren't allowed to wear pants. Like, you know, so this whole idea that clothes or makeup or hairstyles is exclusively belongs to one gender, that, that, that is constantly fluid. It's constantly changing. It's extremely different from, like, my grandparents' generation to what's acceptable now. Well, didn't you, or, like, our grandparents wait, wear dresses? Or that was, like, yeah. in the 1800s. Was it, well, was, there was, Roosevelt. Yeah. was it Roosevelt? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I mean, you go back to, like, the days when, you know, the United States started and stuff. Men wore high heels, wigs, and makeup. And that was, you know, considered more like the aristocrats and stuff. And, and pink so, was for boys, too. Yeah, and pink was yeah. a boy color. And, um... And then, and then, you know, the Egyptians were using makeup, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Right. And I mean, Prince, yeah. David Bowie. Yeah. And it, and it was always interesting to me how artists, you know, like when I grew up in the 80s, you know, glam rock was a big thing. So oh, you, yeah. yeah. Poison and Motley Crue. And I, and I still never forget, like, the one um, the one Poison cover of Look What the Cat Dragged In. They're, I mean, they're all, you know, full makeup, big hair. I remember one of my buddies' little being, brother being like, oh, man, she's hot. Like, and, you know, <laughs> carrying on and on. And. Not realizing, like, this is yeah. a band and they're all, you know. And uh, so we got a kick out of that. But, um, but yeah, this idea that clothes or makeup or any of those things are exclusively belong to one gender or the other, I mean, that's it changes not only over time but also from culture to culture. What's acceptable in one country is different in another. And it, it's just these things are all fluid and moving all the time. Right, because when we went to Greece, I saw all these older women with their titties out and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna give this a go and it's like (laughs) yeah like that's another interesting thing too why why is it acceptable for you know men to have their shirts off and not women we all have nipples right and i and i know some guys that have bigger breasts than a lot of women i know exactly exactly and so what it's you know and really that's about controlling you know it's it's a means of control and there's a whole lot of social reasons that go into that kind of stuff but I, I just find so much of it to be absurd, and um, and that's like like for me now. It's I've been on um, estrogen therapy for quite a while, and um, and mine my breasts have grown quite a bit. But because I have really large pecs, they're still pretty well camouflaged. Yeah, I can still get away with taking my shirt off, and I'm sure there are people like, man, those are really droopy pecs, but. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but if you were to feel them, like, oh, that's not just a, yeah, but, um, but yeah, so it's kind of a weird thing for me. It gets a little uncomfortable because sometimes I look in the mirror and like, especially if I'm staying at a certain angle, like that really is more breasts than anything. And, and then it's just like, 
you know, but I like taking my shirt off in the summertime. And, and But then it's kind of like this weird area and how much more can they grow before it, start co- it starts causing issues and things like that. And it's just, um, but, it, but it's an interesting dynamic, right? Like, cause it's so like, the funny thing is, is right now we've also seen um, backlash with, you know, shows, which is hilarious because these are about fictional tales. Um, things like there was some controversy about the new Lord of the Rings um, series on Amazon Prime in that they had characters that either because of they were different races or maybe their sexuality and stuff was that, oh my gosh, that's not how Tolkien wrote this. And they're, you know, they're ruining everything. And they threw this big, people were, were really like up in arms about them changing characters because that's not the race that was described in the book or the person's gender or their, you know, maybe apparent sexuality was perceived to be different. And oh, the alphabet people are ruining everything, you know? And, um, but I find it interesting that, like, you know, a movie like 300 where the Spartans, you know, how they were portrayed in the movie 300, part, the Spartans are portrayed as being extremely heterosexual, like what would be considered macho mm-hmm. men by today's standards. That's not how that culture was. Yep. Yes, they were amazing warriors, but they, it was a very homosexual-based culture. The men, the warriors adopted, like, not adopted, but basically took young men, right. were assigned an older man. They were, not only were they there to train them, but they were also lovers. Right, and then right. the women would actually shave their heads when the men wanted, were um, going to procreate to make the transition easier to them having sex with women again. So it was like, there's all this stuff on, but it was a very homosexual-based culture. If, if but you yet, look at no Shakespeare one... as well, like oh, yeah. in, in almost every Shakespearean play, there's a boy dressed as a woman, yeah. or a woman dressed as a boy, to to try and get around yeah. whatever it was in particular they wanted. But that whole question of fluidity yeah. and appearances, and even Joan of Arc and things like that. You yeah. Know, it's kind of the well, then there's another one that very few people are aware of, but the whole story of... Um, uh, the Odyssey and the Iliad, and um, like when they made the movie Troy, and Brad Pitt's character, um, Achilles, he's the greatest warrior there is. Well, in the, the actual tale, Achilles is hid by his mother for a long time as a dancing girl. Of course, they don't show that in the movie, and yeah, but he hid as a woman, as not only a, like a woman, but the, a performing dancer for a long period of time. But they didn't talk about it in the movie, and no one was freaking out about that. Nobody freaked out about, oh, why aren't, why aren't the Spartan warriors, you know, making out with each other and stuff? That's how it really was. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, so it just shows you, like, it, it's people putting our own cultural norms and their own beliefs on other things and only being upset when it doesn't fit their beliefs. Now, it, it has nothing to do with whether it's actually accurate or not. And like I said, right. now we have people, f- you know, freaking out about things being changed in fictional tales to begin with, right. but have no problem with real history being altered because it fits their narrative. That's so. I, I think it's a. I mean, I know you you want to move 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 it on, <clears throat> but I think it's all mathematical. I think that if you look at the last ama- last election in America, was that the the difference was about five percent between Biden and Trump. It's about five percent of the total vote made the difference between winning and losing. And all this is is an attempt to get those Democrats who are in the middle, who are sort of wavering, to give them an issue to kind of go, well, this is the, this back to your polling data. Yeah. This is the thing that will tip them from yeah, blue, to, pull, blue to red. Some of those people are because some moderates just, or yeah, or just bring some or... of the bring it some of the center to the Republican Party. Yeah. My, my rule of thumb is if Donald Trump Jr. is talking about it, it's an agenda. 